Please open your Bibles with me to Habakkuk chapter 3. Uh, I encourage you to do that as this is the last week of our sermon series, Wrestling with God. Um, I also encourage you to open your online bulletins as well uh, and follow along with the sermon outline there. So we will be reading Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. To the choir master with stringed instruments. Amen. Has there been even one single point this year when you haven't been asking yourself or asking God the question, what now? Going back to March, businesses closed and schools closed and churches closed. And after a few weeks, were you thinking to yourself, what now? In the summer, riots broke out and, and cities were burned and racial injustice was the top headline of every major media news uh, outlet. And did you think to yourself, did you pray to God, what now? COVID-19 cases have continued to grow week after week and month after month. And have you struggled saying, what now? The presidential election, which it seems like it will be contested for many more weeks, has made you say, what now? A few are predicting that 2021 is going to be smooth sailing for the stock market or for schools or for churches or for medical institutions. And so you wonder, what now? If you're human... You probably have been wrestling to some degree with that question. What is going to happen now? What's going to happen next? What does the future hold for me or for my family or for my job or for my school or for my church or for my country? If you're a believer in God, then you've probably been wrestling with God with those same questions. But listen, no matter how much you've been wrestling or what you've been wrestling about, no matter how much you've been suffering, how much you've been dealing with uncertainty, for a believer in God, the end of the wrestling match should always lead to the same outcome. All the roads should converge at the same point, the same realization, the same perspective, the same response. And today we'll discover what that outcome is. As we come to the end of the book of Habakkuk, we're going to arrive at a place where all the roads converge, where all the wrestling ends, which started with trials and pain and suffering, which included a period of prayer and coming to God with those complaints. And then it ends all at the same place. We're going to see today Habakkuk's final response and his ultimate realization about how he's going to react to his troubles and how... He's going to respond to God's answers to his prayers. And the mandate that we as followers of God have is to respond in the same way that Habakkuk did. 
And we'll get to that response in just a second. Now, just in case this is your first time joining us for one of our messages or the first time that you've ever opened up the book of Habakkuk or maybe you've slept through the rest of the sermon series, I'm guessing you're finding it easier to sleep through the sermon series these days as you're home sitting on your nice comfy couch. But I want to remind you uh, what Habakkuk has faced thus far. What is the trials and suffering that he has gone through that led him to this wrestling match and ultimately led him today to the end of the wrestling match? So before we end this book and before we end this sermon series, I want to remind you about the hardships that Habakkuk was facing. Habakkuk looked out at the nation of Judah and he was confused by the rampant evil that he saw there. He saw violence, he saw injustice, he saw rebellion and division and greed and pride and blatant disregard for God and his ways. And so he wrestled with God in his prayer, and he said, How long, O Lord? And his prayer was, What now? So God responded to his prayer by saying, I'm going to deal with all of this evil of the nation of Judah, and I'm going to deal with it by sending an even more evil nation, the Babylonians. You think there's a lot of evil now, wait until this next regime comes. So Habakkuk, of course, struggled with this, and he struggled with it all the more, and so he wrestled with God again, and he said, God, that's not fair. God, that's not just. That's not right. And he cried out, what now? And God responded to that prayer by saying, evil's not going to go unpunished. Injustice is not going to go unchecked. I will deal with the evil of the Hebrews, and I will deal with the evil of the Babylonians. And it's at that point that Habakkuk's wrestling with God started to turn, and it started to turn toward Remembrance. He remembered what God had done in the past. He remembered what God had done in the time of the Exodus. He remembered what God had done throughout all of history for his people. And his, his wrestling started to sound less like what now and started to sound more like whatever. Whatever happens, I will remember God and I will choose to rejoice. I will choose to live by faith. So our passage today is the end of that prayer of Habakkuk. It's the end of the wrestling of the prophet. It's the end of the road and the end of the questions of what now and the end of the complaining. And in this prayer, Habakkuk gives us the answer to each and every problem that we may be facing today. He gives us the destination that we should arrive at. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. He gives us the correct objective for our own response to racial injustice or political unrest or national or familial or ecclesiastical division. And my hope is that whether we arrive there today in our actions and in our attitudes at that journey's end, we could at the very least recognize that that is the end that we should be striving for as followers of God. So today we're going to explore three statements of faith that we need to make at the end of our wrestling match. And I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to Habakkuk 3 and follow along. Dust those Bibles off. Open it up so you can follow along there. I'd encourage you as well to look at the sermon outline as we're going so that you can see those Bible passages and see what we're talking about this morning. You can see that on our 
on our website, hbcmanchester.org. Now, our passage today starts with the realization of trouble and trials and suffering, and this is an important step as we seek to come to the end of the wrestling match. So in verse 17, Habakkuk prays, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. So this first statement of faith that we need to make at the end of our wrestling match has to do with recognizing trouble, understanding that suffering is very real and very present and very difficult, and it's the first step in moving past the what now questions to the end of the wrestling. So the statement of faith is not going to be what now, it's going to be even though, even though. So wherever you are right now, whether you are sitting on your couch or you're at your kitchen table or you're on your bed or you're in your recliner, or whoever you're with, whether you are with your family, your, your spouse, your parents, your kids, I'd like you to say that phrase with me, even though, out loud, right where you are. So I'm going to count to three and then we're all going to say it together. One, two, three, even though. Okay, so some of you said it. I know who the rest of you are who didn't say it. You're going to have some opportunities to say some other things out loud with me later. So this is our first statement of faith at the end of our wrestling match. It's the first step toward ending the struggle. And it's the first step for us to recognize that the, the struggle is real. It's present. It's difficult. Okay, so Habakkuk praise, even though, even though there, there's no blossoms on the fig trees, there's no fruit on the vines, there's no produce in the fields or in the trees, even though all the animals are gone, they're dead, I have no food, I have no way to take care of myself, even though the struggle is real, even though it's present, even though it's difficult, even though injustice goes seemingly unchecked in Judah, even though an evil Babylonian nation is about to take over, generally what Habakkuk realizes as he recognizes the trouble that he is facing is there's absolutely nothing good about the circumstance that he finds himself in. The situation that he's facing, it's all bad news. And maybe there are times for you that it feels like that. It's all bad news. There's nothing good about any of this. And maybe you're right in the middle of one of those times right now. For you, maybe your prayer is more like, even though I've lost someone that I love, or even though I've lost my job that I need, even though I've lost my health, or even though I've lost my retirement, or my plans have fallen apart, even though I can't see my family, even though I can't see my church, even though I can't see my friends, even though for you, just like it was for Habakkuk, is a recognition of struggle. An acknowledgement that there, there is pain, and there are trials, and there are troubles, and, and I'm facing them today, and they're, they're current, and they're real, and they're hard. It's similar to some of the statements that the Apostle Paul made to the Corinthians in his second letter to them. He said, we are afflicted in every way, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. Is that how you're feeling today? Is is that the kind of statements that you would make, the words that you would use as you come into the wrestling ring with God? Now, if you know those verses from 2 Corinthians 4, 
you know that I left out some very important words. And, and the full verse is there on the sermon outline. I encourage you to look at that. I, I did that purposely and left those words out purposely because the first statement of faith that we make as we come to the end of our wrestling match, even though it's an incomplete statement. When we say even though, we haven't come to the end. We've just come to the beginning of the end. So, so saying I'm struggling, that's not the end. That's just the beginning of the end. Saying I'm hurting, that's not the end. That's just the beginning of the end. Saying there's trouble in my life, that's not the end. That's just the beginning of the end. So Paul says we are afflicted in every way. So he recognizes trouble, but then he goes on to say, but we're not crushed. He says we are perplexed. He recognizes uncertainty, but then he goes on to say, but we're not driven to despair. He says we're persecuted. He recognizes the suffering, but we're not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So here's the point. Recognizing our trouble as we come to the end of our wrestling match is important. It's also important how we recognize our trouble. As we come to the end of our wrestling, we no longer recognize our trouble by saying, what now? We no longer recognize our trouble by complaining about our current circumstance, but we start to say, even though. When we say, even though, we acknowledge that, that, yes, the trouble is very real, it's present, it's difficult, but we remind ourselves that, that the statement of faith is incomplete. So you may say, even though this election didn't go the way that I wanted it to go, even though my school has not gone the way that I wanted to go, even though my health is not good, even though my relationships are not good, even though I've lost the one that I love, even though I've lost my job, even though I'm struggling financially, even though I'm struggling emotionally, even though I'm struggling physically, when we recognize trouble that way, we remember that there has to be a next statement of faith. And that's what Habakkuk realized at the end of his wrestling match. He said, even though all this stuff is happening, even though there is all of this trouble, I will. So listen to what Habakkuk says in verse 18, chapter 3. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. So our second statement of faith at the end of our wrestling match is, I will. I will. So here's your second chance to say something out loud with me. Uh, say those words with me on the count of three. One, two, three. I will. Better. The end of our wrestling match is important that we recognize our trouble with the words, even though, so we get to the point where we can say the words, I will. Even though I have trouble, I will. And Habakkuk says, rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. This second state, statement of faith has to do with how we respond and what we choose to receive in the midst of our trouble. When we have trouble, how should we respond in faith? And Habakkuk says, with joy. Now, wait a minute. Pastor Travis, did you just say, in times of trouble, respond with joy? what I said, because that's what Habakkuk says, and it's also what James says in the first chapter of his book. He said in chapter 1 of his letter, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. We've already established that Habakkuk 
throughout the rest of his book, has made it very clear that he's facing trials of various kinds. They're a present reality for Habakkuk, and perhaps they're a current reality today for you as well. But your statement of faith doesn't end with, I recognize trouble. I see that it's real. I know that it's here. I I am suffering. It has to move on to what I will do in response. And that response is to receive joy. Back in 1999, I was a part of a team from my college that went on a missions trip, short-term missions trip to the Navajo Indians in New Mexico on the reservation. There are several things about that trip that were eye-opening and life-changing for me. I learned on that trip to be more bold in sharing my faith. I was bold for really the first time in my life on that trip. And I decided, hey, I think I want to do this from now on. And so for these 20 years since then, I've been much more bold about sharing my faith. I learned on that trip that I really liked working with kids. And, and I think, thought, maybe I want to be a youth pastor, which led me to come to Hope Baptist Church and work as the youth pastor here. I saw on that trip for the first time deep poverty. And I felt in me this longing to care for those people who are hurting. And that has made a, a profound impact on my life as well. But for the sake of today's message, I want to tell you about a conversation I had one day with the missionary who we were working alongside, whose name was Joe. We were nearing the end of our time in New Mexico, and we'd already spent several days doing work projects and kids programs, and we were all pretty tired. And we got to the last day, which we were supposed to be doing some sightseeing, and we decided together as a team that instead of going sightseeing, we were going to help Joe out with some projects that he had going on around the camp. And so there was some sheetrock that needed to be hung. There was some insulating that needed to be finished. There was a sidewalk that was old that needed to be broken up and moved. And there was a new sidewalk that needed to be mixed and poured. So I ended up being on the team that was going to break up and move the sidewalk. Now, team is a kind of uh, relative term because it was just Joe and I who were on that team. But we got to work, and we started to work on the sidewalk, and and my job was to swing the sledgehammer and to break up the sidewalk so that it could be in small enough pieces so I could put it in a five-gallon bucket and then carry those five-gallon buckets hundreds of yards away to a place where I could dump all of the rubble. Now, throughout the morning and into the afternoon, I did this. I, I swung my sledgehammer, and I broke up the sidewalk, And I carried those heavy buckets, and I dumped them, and then went back and repeat and did it over and over again. I was really tired and really hot and really sweaty. I was sweating more than I could drink. And Joe looked over at me, and he must have saw how tired I looked and how hot I looked and how sweaty I looked. And he looked over at me, and he said, how you doing, my man? At that moment, I had been thinking about all of the people who were inside, in the shade, hanging the sheetrock. I had been thinking about uh, all the sightseeing that we were missing out on, and I was feeling a little sorry for myself. So when Joe said to me, how you doing, my man? I said, I'm tired, I'm hot, and I said a little half-heartedly and sarcastically, but I guess I won't complain. Well, Joe stopped what he was doing, and he walked over to me, and he put his hand on my sweaty shoulder, and he said, what do we have to complain about? 
and he smiled and he looked up and he pointed at the sky and then he went back to doing his work. Now, at that moment, I, I felt a little bit like I had been scolded for not having enough joy, but mostly I was glad that I was reminded as a follower of God to how I should respond to pain or troubles or uncertainty. What I saw in Joe, although he was just as sweaty and he was just as tired and he was just as hot, I saw in him joy. And from that moment on, for the rest of the day and for the rest of our trip, I said, I'm going to choose, no matter what suffering that I'm facing, I'm going to choose to have joy, just like Joe did. And that's what Habakkuk says here in the last few verses of his book. And that's what James says in the first few verses of his book. Even though things are tough right now, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will have joy. Now for many, this year has been a year that you feel like your happiness has been taken away from you. But for those of us who are followers of God, we need to remember that what God offers us is more than happiness. He offers us joy. Habakkuk says, take joy from the Lord. So yes, trouble is real, it's present, it's difficult, it can rob us of our happiness, but God is right there with a handful of joy saying, take it. And all we have to do is say, I I will. I will receive joy from the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Now before you start to think that I'm saying you just got to name it and claim it, just need to declare to God what we want and zap, boom, bam, it's ours. That's not what I'm saying. After all, Habakkuk wrestled with God and he complained to God and he didn't understand what God was doing and he didn't especially like God's answer to his prayer. But the end of the wrestling didn't come when God did what Habakkuk wanted him to do. It didn't come when God said, you know what, Habakkuk, you're right. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. No, the end of the wrestling came when Habakkuk acknowledged the reality of his situation. and He recognized the trouble that he was facing, and he chose to rejoice anyways. He said, I will receive joy from the Lord, even though everything around me is not going well. Now, how is that possible? It's possible like the even though statement of faith is incomplete. The I will statement of faith is incomplete too. We can't say, I will receive joy. We can't say, I will rejoice in the Lord until we remember who the Lord is. And until we remember what the Lord does. Listen to what Habakkuk says in verse 19. He says, God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on the high places. So the last and probably most important statement of faith that we need to make at the end of our wrestling match is because God. Because God. Okay, so this is your last chance here to say something out loud to me. I want you to all say it with me on the count of three so that the people in the next room, maybe in the next house, can hear you. Okay, so let's say it together. Because God, on the count of three. One, two, three. Because God. At the end of our wrestling match, we need to recognize trouble. So we say, even though. We need to receive joy, so we say, I will. 
but it's only possible for us to turn that trouble into joy when we remember God. So we say, because God. Here's what it sounds like. Even though I am struggling right now, I will rejoice in the Lord because God is bigger than my troubles. That's what this entire chapter of Habakkuk 3 is about. It's what Pastor Glenn talked about last week. When we remember who God is and what He has done and what He is doing, then we can come to the end of our wrestling match no longer saying, what now? No longer complaining, but starting to sound more like, even though, I will. Because God. Whatever happens, I will live by faith. As we come to the end of our wrestling match, we need to understand it's, it's impossible for us to end that wrestling. It's impossible for us to have joy. It's impossible for, to move past our troubles, our response to troubles, without remembering God. Psalm 118.14 says, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Habakkuk remembered those truths about God, about who He is, about what He has done. And once he remembered God, he moved from a place of wrestling to a place of peace. He moved from a place of weakness to a place of strength. He said, God, the Lord, is my strength. He moved from a place of complaining. He moved from a low place to a place where he could say, God makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on the high places. Here's what this entire book of Habakkuk has led up to, and perhaps what this entire year of 2020 has led up to. What every wrestling match and every struggle in your life should lead up to if you are a follower of God. It's the place where all the roads converge. We don't ignore trouble as if it's something that shouldn't happen to a true believer, as if only prosperity comes to true believers. No, we recognize that trouble is real. But we receive joy even in the midst of our trouble when we remember who God is. God is our strength and God is our salvation. Those are the two words that Habakkuk uses here to describe God. And those two words are very important in the context of trouble. He says, Habakkuk says, God is our strength. He's our strength and that he gives us the power to stand up when trouble wants to knock us down. Habakkuk says, God is our salvation. He's the only one that can save us out of trouble. When everything else and everyone else, even our own efforts, will fall far short. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. Well, how can I do that? How can I make sure that I remember God when I'm right in the midst of trouble that's a great question, and I'm, re- I'm glad that you asked it. On your sermon outline, you'll see four answers to that question, which I'm going to talk about really briefly, and we're going to end our message with this morning. They are all crucial to being able to remember God so that when we're in the midst of trouble, we can end the wrestling match. Okay, so the first way that we can remember God is to read our Bibles. If you aren't reading your Bible, and you'll easily be turned away from the truth of who God is. You'll forget in the moments of trial that God is good. You'll forget in the moments of justice, injustice that God is holy and fair. You'll forget in the moments of pain that God is for you. 
So Psalm 77 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work. I will meditate on your mighty deeds. Do you remember God when you open up your Bible and you read it? And second, you remember God when you spend time in prayer. Now, if you don't talk to God each day, then soon you'll forget that God is always with you. But as you talk to Him more and more, you not only remember that He's with you, but you start to remember that He's for you. David said in, in 1 Chronicles 16, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. Remember the wondrous works He has done. So as we spend time in prayer, we remember God. Thirdly, we remember God when we have a group of people that help us, that remind us of who God is and what He does. I hope we have growth groups for that reason, so that we can remind each other about all the great things that God does. And especially when we're in the midst of trouble, when we have people around us that love God, they remind us that God is good. They remind us that God is for us. So make sure that you have a group of people, a growth group, that's doing that for you. And lastly, you remember God when you go to church regularly. Make sure that you are gathering together with God's church and that that's a top priority for you and for your family. I mean, the assembly of God's church is not only God's plan A for how people would remember Him, it's His plan B and His plan C. I've heard that it said that, that gathering together with God's people should be the excuse for missing everything else. In other words, it should always be our top Priority. We just finished the book of Hebrews not too long ago, and in Hebrews 10 it says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So as we gather together with other believers to worship God, we remind each other about who God is, and so we're able to remember God, so that when we're in the midst of trial, we can come to the end of our wrestling match. Now, COVID-19 has obviously changed things this year. Each week as we prepare our messages, we have to say these precursors about things that would be a no-brainer for a pastor to say, like, come to church. Okay, And so we understand at this time that there are reasons why people are not coming to church. So when we say come to church, we understand that there are reasons why some people are not in church right now. As I speak to you right now, just Pastor Brian and myself are together in a 400-person sanctuary. It is an unusual and bizarre situation that we find ourselves in. I'm thankful that next week we will begin to have in-person worship services again. But I know that there will be many of you who are watching this morning that won't be here with us next week. And, and I want to acknowledge that the leaders of the church understand that there are good reasons for some to not be here. And I want to let you know that we not only understand that, but we support you and we are with you in that. We don't want anyone to get sick at this time. We care for our church and the people here and the people of our community. However, what I and the other leaders of the church really want to know is that you're still with us, even when you can't be with us, if that makes sense. And so we, we've created a, a questionnaire that we would really like you to take just a few seconds at the end of our service today and fill out to let us know kind of where you're at and what you're thinking. 
about when you are going to come back to church. So we do believe strongly that we do need to commit to coming to church. We understand that maybe next week you won't be with us, but we do want you to commit to saying, I am going to commit to coming to church. Even if it's not right now, I am committed to coming. And so there are some questions that we'd like you to just take a few moments and fill out. It's attached to this video. It's on the bottom of the sermon outline and on our website. So if you just take a moment at the end of our service today and fill that out for your family so that we can know where you're coming from personally and so that we can know as leaders where we go as we make decisions like staff and building and ministries and so forth. So help us out with that. Uh, We'd like to see at least 400 people represented in that uh, survey, so please fill that out today. Our passage today, Habakkuk's prayer, the book of Habakkuk in our sermon series ends with, to the choir master with stringed instruments. When you come to the end of the wrestling match, when you say, even though I recognize trouble, I will receive joy because God is my strength and my salvation, it should draw you to a place of worship. And, and when we're drawn to a place of worship, we should want to praise God and sing praises to God. And that's what we're going to end our service with today. As you know, this week is Thanksgiving week. When we remember God, we remember that we have so much to be thankful for, even when the circumstances of our life seem troublesome. The song that we're going to close with is a song that recognizes trouble. It sings about being in the lowest valley. But it also remembers God. The God who never fails. And so we're able to sing for joy. We're able to choose to praise and say, Amen.